0: Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Our goal is that by listening to our podcast, you will be inspired to level up. With the help of some amazing guests, we'll be inspired by some inspirational success stories and find out how you can level up your business, your life, and your relationship with yourself. Because I know that by leveling up and balancing these three aspects of your life, you can make a difference and impact the lives around you. Level Up Podcast will be a series of interviews featuring successful professionals who are making a mark and a difference in their lives and others. They will share their incredible stories of how they did it, so you can be inspired and learn from the very best.
1: Thank you for coming on board, Mr. Eddie. It's a pleasure having you with the uh, podcast of Level Up with Bertha. So thank you for taking the time. I know you're an extremely busy person, and I definitely thank you for the time you have set up aside for us to have this great conversation. It's going to be very, very informal. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to just let audience know who's Eddie. So welcome.
2: Thank you. Looking forward to it, and thank you for your kind words. Appreciate it.
1: No problem, no problem. So tell me a little bit about you. I know we have something here about Eddie, but can you tell our audience who's Eddie? Where is he from? We want to know who you are.
2: Quick synopsis I was born in India. I came to the US when I was 16. I landed in Salt Lake City, Utah in 1991. Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't speak the language, I couldn't speak English. Uh, I, you know, I worked at my brother's restaurant. Uh, he had a fast food burger joint in Salt Lake City. I worked there. And and basically, I, I thought that was my life. I just want to okay. work at a restaurant and speak broken English and mop the floors and flip burgers. And that was my career. So but, that was your
1: first job coming in?
2: Yeah, I was 16. I was 16. Wow. But something happened which, yeah. which which really lit a lot of fire in my belly. So when I was 16, when I was mopping those floors and when I was taking orders and I saw all the other teenagers on dates, having their burgers and laughing and having their shit, it pissed the shit out of me. It me off right now as we speak. So it put a lot of fire in my belly. Like, F this. I'm not going to do this. I don't want it. I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to learn how to speak well. I'm going to get out of Utah. I'm going to go to a big city. I'm going to do well. And long story short, uh, you know, I, I pushed myself. I, I took lessons and I went to finish my high school. Then I went to Utah State University. I pushed myself, pushed myself. And then I came to California in 1997. And I got into the mortgage slash real estate industry in 1999 and never looked back.
1: So tell me a little bit about how was that? How do you got introduced to the industry? What was that like?
2: Yes. So in 1997, when I came to California, and there are lots of mini stories, uh, which were challenging times. <laughs> I come to California in '97, didn't know where I was headed because I, uh, I either wanted to go to California or New York. Because okay. coming from India, that's all we knew. You know, when you live outside of the U.S., you just think of Hollywood or New York. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> that's all. you I'm like, dude, I want to go to California or New York. So the reason why I decided to come to California because Utah is cold. I, I did not like uh, the snow. I'm like, dude, maybe I should go to California. So I asked my brother if he knows anyone in California mm-hmm. and he, yeah, I do have a friend. He gave me the number. I took the address and I, I did not even know what part of California I was driving to. Th- that, mm-hmm. this is back. Then we didn't have a iPhone or dot <laughs> it, com, And you would print the, you know, or you look at the map, the map right? books. Yeah. So, uh, I look at the map. I guess I'm going to San Francisco. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know where it is, but let's go. So I drove for 12 hours. I came here, and and then I couldn't find a job, even though after having a college degree, I couldn't find a job. I'm like, this is not good. Uh, But, so my first job was a pizza delivery boy at Domino's with a college degree. But then I, you know, while, because I had to work, so I was delivering pizza, and then (laughs) Eventually, I got a job at Circuit City. Back in the day, okay. Circuit City, you know, like Best Buy. Um, they they used to have branches back then. And I I met some friends. I was selling computers over there. And I hated it. I hated sales. I'm like, I don't want to do sales, man. This sucks. You have to kiss ass. I don't want this job. But then I met some friends who were working there. And all of a sudden, okay. they quit. And they're driving BMWs and Mercedes. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah in the mortgage and real estate business.
0: Like oh, basically the, like... in,
2: the in the beginning, I got into the mortgage business. They're in the mortgage business. I'm like, I don't, know, I don't even know how to spell mortgage. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm scratching my head because I looked at these people. They were, I didn't think they were any sharper than me. And I hated, I'm like, I don't want to do sales though. I don't like sales. But then I'm looking at the BMWs and I'm looking at my student loan and my debt. And like, like, I have to give it a shot. I have to. I hated it. But I I told myself, I'll give myself six months. One thing that worked for me, I'm a hard worker. So I gave it my best shot and it just never looked back. I I did really well.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So not knowing anything about the mortgage industry, that's where you started. And what happened? They got you into the real... I mean, it goes hand by hand. I'm in the lending side, as you know. And Mm -hmm. we work together very closely. And a lot of people transitioned Mm -hmm. from either the real estate to the lending or vice versa. So you started in lending. And went into the uh, real estate what made you made that transition
2: so basically yeah i was uh, working at ameriquest mortgage company that was the biggest subprime lender back in back, back in the then. day mm-hmm. yeah back then, mortgage company this is 1999. um then i started working for a brokerage and within two and a half three years i opened my own company Oh, I you had did. my okay okay that's
1: amazing licensed
2: uh, loan agents working under my brokerage uh, just blew up and it wasn't a big deal because anybody could have done you know mortgages and lending back then because the the rules and restrictions were so easy right as long as you qualify you know that was just just 1031 you know the you know just this like uh 1003 uh terms anymore but 1003 just fill it out sign it get your loan so we we blew up we had four or five branches Uh and then, then 2007, eight happened, 2007 happened, everything (laughs) cracked, right? I I was bankrupt, basically bankrupt. Uh We had, you know, you know, all these huge office spaces, 10,000 square foot office in Silicon Valley. And it was crazy. So then, then for like good six months, I was in a depression because I lost everything. I had this crazy lifestyle. Living in a big mansion, cars, couldn't afford anything because I was, you know, like buying stuff left and right. I was buying properties, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then it crashed. I got into a depression. I was drinking alcohol every day. I'm like, oh my gosh! Uh, But then I snapped out of it. I'm like, ah, this is not, this is not good. Mm -hmm. I snapped out of it. I looked at my options. That mortgage business came to a standstill. I don't know if you remember. If you yes, I was.
1: I mean, I was there. I remember that we needed to. Packages that's it. like, like this thick by the time we got them done on, on an FHA loan back then,
2: you know. So, but one thing that happened was short sale market emerged. Yes. Remember? like mm-hmm. somebody bought a home mm-hmm. for a million. All the home is worth six hundred thousand. They owe nine hundred thousand. So there were a lot of short sales, and they were sitting on the market. So that's when I got into short sales, and I tasted mm-hmm. the real estate blood. Basically, it. it was it was. It was a very organic uh, transition because I'm dealing with a lender still. I'm dealing with a lender, I'm tasting the real estate side. And I noticed if I sell a $200,000 home or a $2 million home, it's the same work, same paperwork, but I make 10 times more. So in 2012, the short sale market evaporated. All, all nice. the short sales were. And I'm like, oh shit, now what do I do? So I looked around in Silicon Valley. I looked at the top brokerage who does high end homes. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to join a high end company and just work for them.
1: Wow! So that was like back in 2012. Then that that's awesome. when you went in fully and into real estate. Yeah,
2: went in fully, and that's when I met Mike Ferry because that's how I was introduced. And then... I was going
1: to ask you that next: who made, who's been the the, the person who had made more impact in, in your career? And thank you for bringing that up because again. Uh, Actually, we met through a Mike Ferry event.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. I cannot see you, by the way, but I don't know if that matters. But I can keep talking. Um, uh, you so... can keep talking.
1: I can see you. Maybe, there. But then,
2: yeah, it's fine. I can hear you. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so basically, yeah, I met Mike Ferry about ten years ago, and uh, and I, I just love his style. You know, don't. There's no bullshit. There's no fluff. Get your ass to work, and and that's it. And I like that kind of shit. So I'm like, hey, you know, I like this guy. So I signed up and it, it, it was hard. It, it wasn't like I signed up and I started making money right away. It took me a good year to get the ball rolling, but then, then it just kind of okay. blew
0: mm-hmm.
1: Beautiful. And that's something important, I think, because a lot of times we, people think, oh, I'm going to get in. It's going to be easy. Like you were saying earlier about people seeing the cars, being the lifestyle. And for some reason, it is very interesting, the real estate or even the mortgage industry. People tend to think they're going to get in and they're going to make money quickly so Mm -hmm. looking back obviously you've been through it now this is the second time and having that experience that now you have looking back is there anything you would have changed that would have done different um any advice you will give to somebody that is coming into the industry now knowing what you know
2: i mean i mean looking back i mean there are lots of things you can say i should have bought more homes in 2010 I should have done this. I should. I mean, there are lots of things you can say, but I wouldn't change a thing because it, it makes me who I am right now. You know what I mean? So if you ch- if you take any piece out, then it doesn't make you who you are. You- I like I like this guy. I don't. I didn't like me even five years ago or seven years ago <laughs> because, uh, because I just you know you know how we are like always a part of ourselves, especially if you are, have that growth mentality, right? So I'm I didn't really- like myself. I li- I never liked myself, but now I'm I'm liking the person I'm becoming. Uh, thanks to just the people like you in my life, you know, just having good people around you and you just have that Thank growth you. mindset. And then wh- whatever happened in 2007, it, it at the moment, it seemed like the worst thing in the world. But that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it, it humbled me. It really brought me down to my knees and, it, and then it just bounced back up, you know. So it was good. It was a good thing.
1: Definitely. And I think I was there too. So definitely there are times where you, like you said, times that make, it. what makes us strong is the times that we go through something that really brings us to our knees and we have to reevaluate and see what we need to do, pick up ourselves together and let's go again. And that's, I think, something that I really wanted to em- emphasize today with you, because I wanted to talk about your book. Uh, I know we, I read your book, but I want you to tell audience about that book and what inspired you to write it. Um, and what is your goal? What is, what is the message you want to send out to when when you were writing that book? Yeah. Because I loved it. I took so many good pieces from it, but I love you to share with us uh, what was that like. Sure.
2: So so back in the day when I had my mortgage company, even when I was doing short sales, I had my own company, um, and then eventually in two thousand twelve, I had a few people who used to work for me. You know, I I was trying to motivate them, but they wouldn't. It's hard to motivate people, right? <sighs> And i i just got exhausted and i am like you know what i'm gonna roll up my sleeves forget it i'm just gonna join this big company and, and learn which was the best thing that ever happened by the way when i was even at that point i was making good money i was you know making three hundred thousand a year it was, mm-hmm. it was good money uh, but I, I was like no i i can do better so I, I i shut that company down i joined this company and i i've been i've been a lone wolf for a while
0: because mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. want
2: not want team members, but what happened about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started attracting these agents. They wanted to work with me, which I, in the beginning, I was like, nope, 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 nope. I don't want it. I don't want it because I've been there and I, it's, I hate motivating people. But then, then I got this advice from somebody that, Hey, keep helping people because you never know who you're going to help. And, and, and that kind of stuck with me. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing this. And I I did notice when I was helping these, because a lot of people are not exposed to having a good mindset, having a routine, taking care of your health, taking care of your body. It's it's a very foreign language for most people out there, right? So I've seen people transform from being in depression, even if they're not making a lot of money, but they're like happy and healthy and having a good mindset. For me, that was very gratifying. So I've been training these team members for past couple of years, and it, it motivated me to write my book. I'm like, hey, guys, I mean, here's my story. If you tell me you're not a salesman, if you tell me you're shy, if you tell me blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't speak the language. I was shy. I thought I was ugly. I was bullied. I thought I was dumb. Literally, these are these are facts. Yeah, yeah they're I really... things that
1: we tell ourselves, yeah. And, and, you know, you,
2: people would tell me, hey, you're, you're funny looking blah, blah. You know, you're a teenager. You, people tell you stuff and it stays with you. So you got to be careful how you talk to your kids because it stays with them. So yes. it's, still with, it's still with me. I have to work on it. So, but basically what happened was I, I would share the story with my team trying to motivate them. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe I should just write a book, you know? So I, you know, I wrote a book, took me about a year, year and a half and just released it about a month ago.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I am super excited you did because it's definitely one of those books that makes you stop and think that again, motivating, like you were saying, um, how you can show someone by example, are you doing it? You know, look at you, you were this and now look at what the results you have. And it's just inspiring. Definitely. I took so much away from that, but thank you for sharing that. Um, we'll go ahead and put the information about your book, but it's an it's amazing book. Uh, go ahead and grab it. I know there will be some Nuggets you'll get out of this book. Um, I know I did when I I finished the read. And I did it in a weekend because I promised you. I said, I got it today. I'm going to finish it in a weekend. And I texted you on Monday. I'm done.
2: (laughs) Yes. Appreciate it. You know, it's it's just, again, it's just like sharing a true story about, you know, and it's not even about me. It's like, hey, you know, anybody can do it. Yes. You know,
1: the message, that's the message I got. I was going to tell you, Eddie. The message I got is if you can do it, you can do it too
2: right Everybody can do it Everybody can, a lot of people are like hey it's not my thing oh my gosh i'm shy i mean you're born in this country you speak the language right i had to learn i still have a communication coach who teaches me how to talk but i'm like i want to take a little, i'm speak i'm learning how to speak spanish now i'm learning how to <laughs> dance salsa <solo>. i'm like <laughs> forget, forget about Multic- you know, gonna Multicultural. Gonna you're going
1: to you're going to be speaking spanish doing presentations doing um Listing presentations in Spanish Why? next Why? time next time we we talk.
2: <laughs> well, life is short, man. Why not? Yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about the family. I know I've seen you around with your kids, and it's so beautiful to see you spending time with your kids. How's the family? And how are you finding yep. the time? Because, again, I have three kids, and there are times where you're, like, juggling business, juggling the life, and you need to make the time. But, obviously, how do you do it? Tell us a little bit about how you're able to balance Running your office, having your team, having a successful, you know, brokerage, you know, we, real estate brokerage, and then still finding the time to to spend time with those kids and, and making time for them.
2: You know, it's a really good question, and and there's no right or wrong answer. You know, I know you and I know people. There are fathers out there who spend a lot of time with their kids, but they're broke. They're not working. They're lazy. They just all they do is spend time with the kids, right? Then you see people like Mike Ferry, who didn't spend too much time with the kids, and every single one of his kids are super successful, right? So my thing is, I, I I read a quote that my father never told me what to do. He just lived his life and watched me do it. So basically, the point of the quote is like, I'm not I'm not trying to preach my kids. I'm not trying to spend way too much time I'm, I'm not a hands-on dad. i'm not the kind of dad who goes home and play balls with, with my kids i spend very little time and it's hard to have balance in your life because you're not going to be you're not going to be uh, a excellent father spending a lot of time with the kids and making a lot of money and making a difference in the world and doing training it's it's just not possible you you are going to have to sacrifice somewhere it's life you know what i mean yes so basically one thing i i do is i i just basically Try to lead by example and my daughter is 17 she just got a license two weeks ago and she's the hardest working 17 year old i know she's got a job wow. at a mall she works at a retail store and she goes to uh, she goes to high school and there are some some weekends she's working 20 hours a, a, a weekend and and being a teenager she's like hey i don't care about hanging out with my friends i want to work and i like it because i think she gets mm-hmm. it from me because i like this work so i like i mean if i can that- if i can Teach them, hey, hard work is everything. I think they're going to be more than okay. So I'm not too worried about, I, I, I don't need, uh, I don't like fluff in life. You know what I mean? I don't want fluff. I don't want to be hanging out okay. with my kids and they're broke and I'm broke. And not just financially broke. We can be financially broke. <laughs> right. They're, they're, you know families are, they're they're rich. They're, okay. they're mentally mm-hmm. broke. They're emotionally broke. They're depressed. I don't want that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want my kids to go and fly, and I'm, I tell them, hey, you know what? If I see you for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year, that's okay with me. I don't need to see you every weekend. It's fine. As long as I know that they're having a good life, they're having fun, for me, that's a win. So, yeah, everyone is different. Like I said. Some people are like, no, no, I want my kids to stay in this, the same town. Like, well, yeah. We're all different.
1: Yeah. We're all different. Something you touched on that I, I think I'm going to speak for myself, too. I believe that leading by example is more important than what you say, you know, because you can say you know, so many things. You can speak nice words and all of that, but if they don't see you doing it, you know, I think living by example is definitely the best way to teach our kids.
2: What's a shame is I I see people who are more uh, concerned about their favorite sports team than taking care of their kids. They would spend a $1,000 on tickets or season tickets and their kids are struggling because, and and, and, and you know what, because there is no work ethics. There is no like, no leading by examples, mm-hmm. and and you see that a lot, and that's why you know it's kind of sad. I, I think Mike Ferry talks about it because if you look around, a lot of people are just lazy these days. You know, they just don't want to work; they want things handed. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we do see a lot, and I know there is so much that we can dive into that. But another question that I wanted to bring up to, because I know you're very very regiment about your morning routine, so please share with the audience what is your morning routine what time this individual because i my goodness you are i told you before you're an inspiration i see you 6 45 in the office i'm like oh my gosh i'm still getting ready with the kids because i do take my daughter to school every day so i'll have to no. say that but yeah, again i know you have a very very strong and very uh, rigid morning routine please share with us what what does that look like for you
2: um, basically, so first of all, I want to say, it doesn't matter if you get about four, five, six, seven, eight, doesn't matter just because I get a party doesn't mean you have to get a party because we all have yes. to, Anthony yes. Robbins goes to sleep at four in the morning. And he's like, dude, my juices are flowing at night. He's writing books, you know? <laughs> so the one thing that happened to me when I joined Mike Ferry about 10 years ago, I came across a book called the miracle morning. Okay. The miracle morning. If you haven't read that book, get it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So basically, so the book talks about basically doing a few things on a on a daily basis like meditation, affirmation, reading a good book, visualizing, exercising, and journaling. Okay. So what I do is I get up at four in the morning, and doesn't matter how I feel, the alarm goes off and I put a big smile on my face while I'm laying down, big smile, and I just get up. And I just get up and first thing I do is I make my bed. I just it doesn't matter how if I'm achy, if I slept for three hours, four hours, eight hours, it doesn't matter. I'm half asleep, I get up at a force myself with a smile and I make my bed and right away I grab my computer and I write down my affirmations on my goals while I'm half asleep just like like almost falling down but I'm like nope (laughs) with a smile I write down my affirmations my goals but do you get that every morning and evening you get that you get that email right Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah so basically I write that down and then I go to the restroom Uh, I, I basically just get ready I take a shower I brush I shave whatever I get ready and I, I put on my gym clothes and I go to go to uh, go to the gym. I'm at the gym by 5 a.m. OK, nice. I don't sweat a lot, but I lift a lot of weights. So mm-hmm. I don't. So that way I don't have to take a shower in the gym. So what I do is uh, from five to six, I have a, if anybody wants to join, just let me know. I have a 5 a.m. Basically, what I call is a 5 a.m. Miracle Morning Routine. And it's a Zoom link that people join from the U.S. and Canada. We have anywhere from 10 to 30 people join every day. And basically, 5 a.m., we we watch a motivational video, okay? And this is me at the gym, but I'm watching the video. We do affirmations, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're all working out together, obviously, in different parts of the world. Yes. They, you can be running, you can be jogging, but the whole idea is we're together as a unit. Community. And while that we're reading, we're listening to a good book. And a book is, you know, playing in the background for a good 30, 40 minutes. And then we meditate, and then we do affirmations again. And I'm done working out by six six a.m. Six thirty, I'm out the out the door in the gym. I'm just and usually I'm at the office between six forty five and seven. Okay, I come to the office and I, I I have some rituals. The first thing I do is make my coffee, make my oatmeal, and I make my video. I Make my video. Uh, you know the every day I make a video in the morning about market updates. And then um basically from six from seven to nine, nine thirty, I have back to back like coaching call, mastermind call. I have communication coach, I have Spanish coach, I have all these coaches that I talk to, I have mastermind groups, I do my own trainings with my team, that's what I'm doing. And then and- nine to twelve, I'm basically prospecting and lead follow up. That's my routine. Pros-
1: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that morning, I think it's definitely very important to get your mindset. Like you were saying, work on your mindset, work on your body, work on how you're yeah. going to show up for yourself for that day. And that is yeah. again, something I've been doing for the last couple of years. And it's definitely game changer. Like it definitely makes a huge difference on so how you show up with, with, you know, in your office.
2: Sure. Even with
1: your family, you know, they see you doing it and then it's funny or not. Now my kid is now doing it too. Like she's getting up a little earlier than normal. So again, showing by example, I I just truly, truly believe that that's so important that we as parents, um, you know, make those sacrifices, but at the same time, remember that they're watching us. They're seeing what we do, not what we say. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Another thing I wanted to ask you, I know we, we talked about this last time, but, um, what are the three books that you, and you mentioned one already, but what would be the three books that you would recommend someone to read? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be real estate because we do, obviously we have audience from different, you know, like two different things. But what would be the three books that you think had made a change that had impacted you and had allowed you to stay focused or do something that had made you be who you are today that you said, these three books are the ones that I would
2: recommend someone um, to read? They're... Oh, so many books um, that I can. Let's
1: pick can three. Give-
2: <laughs> uh, American Morning is definitely up there. Uh, Can't okay. hurt me by David Hawkins.
1: Okay, yeah, that's Can't
2: hurt really a great book. Um, How to uh, win friends and influence others.
1: Beautiful, that's Dale a- Carnegie, big- right?
2: Dale Carnegie, and I want to yes. give you one more: How to stop Tell- worrying, start living. Oh, that's a good one. I think if you you really master these four books, it's going to be a different book. Because it it basically covers everything, right? It covers your morning routine. It covers your rituals. It covers your mindset. If people who worry a lot, like I used to worry a lot, you know, Uh and if you're in sales, if any kind of business, how to influence people, how to make friends. So I feel that these are great, very powerful books. If you just read those four books and just mastered them, you're going to change your life.
1: Beautiful. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing those. Now, let me ask you, and I know you're in the real estate, I'm in the lending, um, working with your team, and even again, now interacting with everybody else that you, that you interact with, and you have so many that look up to you. So tell me, what is your superpower? What do you think Eddie's superpower is that makes him successful, that makes him, you know, stand out from every everybody else? And what do you think that that will be?
2: Well, I think, yeah, you're, you nailed it. We all have superpowers. Every single one of us on this planet, we are blessed with some sort of superpower. Um, I think my superpower is basically willingness to learn with an open mind. You know what I mean? So I think that's huge because a lot of people are very stuck with their thinking. If they're like politically or if, if you tell, if I say, hey, this is black and you're like, no, it's gray. <laughs> no, no, I'll be like, no, no, it is black. I, I, the way I think, I'm like, well, I think it's black. You're telling me it's gray. Give me your reasoning. Maybe I'm wrong. So I really, I really look at things like that, and I'm really willing to look at my blind spots, no matter how much I believe in one thing. And I think a lot of people don't, don't really necessarily ha- have that open mindset and ability, or willing to learn and work, and, and willing to work hard for it. So I think that's my that's my basically that's my superpower because I am, I am willing to learn and be coachable. Yes.
1: Yes. And that's a, that's yeah. honestly that's the first thing when if I think of you that will be the first thing will come out. It looks like reading your book, reading your bio. That was the one thing that stood out for me is you are willing to learn, and you're coachable. You're open minded. You, you want to know why is this way rather than this way, and not be too set up on your ways. Be willing to adapt.
2: I couldn't speak the language. I'm like, no, no, I need to learn how to speak the language. No, no, I, I need to get better. I need to reduce my accent. I need to get better. I want to learn how to public do public speaking. I want to work on my voice quality. So, and these are the kind of things that I've been doing. And when people meet me, they're like, oh, you're a natural. You're so charismatic. I'm like, dude, you should have <laughs> met me 20 years ago. You wouldn't even be able to understand me. Right. But that's the thing, though. Like, yeah. Willingness to learn and, and, and it never stop. Like my communication hey. coach or my, my I would never stop coaching with them yeah that's awesome
1: now and I think it comes with um, and again I'm going to cut myself in because I'm an immigrant obviously coming here not knowing the language I think it's just draining you that you need to learn the language now you're here now we're here what do we need to do adapt exactly first mm-hmm. thing is Absolutely. with the language So any advice you would like to give someone who is thinking about getting into the real estate business? Because I get that question all the time. Uh, We have a lot of, you know, people that, again, see our industry. They're like, oh, yeah, they make money easily. Oh, that looks so easy. It's so, you know, glamorous. The, The lifestyle they have, they make such a good money. What would be an advice you'll give someone who's thinking about getting into our industry?
2: Yeah. You know, you and I have met people in this industry where somebody might be doing really well and then they're broke and they're out of, then they're out of the business, right? So first of all, success is not final. You can join the industry and you may do well in two, three years. And then, then you're like, it's a very demanding business. You have to keep changing. The markets are always changing. You know, I've seen short sales. I've seen 9-11. I've seen the 2000 burst. I've seen pandemic. And it's a different market. It's a different stuff. <laughs> script you know what i mean so you have to yes. just when you think like when short sales were happening i'm like oh i at one point i had 35 short sales in the pipeline 35 like holy shit i made it wow. and then and then it, it's gone like oh shit now nah, I, mean, I mean hold on a second no more short sales no 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 they don't exist anymore like so that's the <laughs> kind of industry we're in things are always changing it doesn't matter lending or or real estate i think it's uh they go hand in hand at the end of the day you're you're yes. in the, you're not you're not in the you're not in the real estate business, you're in the lead generation business, you're in a relationship business. You know what I mean? So I would highly recommend that unless you're willing to learn, unless you're willing to adapt, you know, unless you're willing to not cry when things go wrong, if somebody doesn't want to work with you, or if you don't make any money in a month or two months or six months, if you're willing to take all that shit, go for it. If not, go for don't it. do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And I love when you said about be willing to adapt. Again, we're we're again we're in a different market, right now. Like you were saying when you think you got to figure out something gets thrown at you and you have to figure it out. Um, in my business, for example, and I'm, I'm sure you you remember being on the lending when you started. Guidelines constantly changing. You know, there're new loan limits, new this, new that. You know, so it's it's again be willing to adapt. I think is definitely a big one for for our business and just being being ready to rock and roll when, when something shows up, being willing to take on and said, okay, let's figure this out. Let's see what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Um, something else you wanted to share that I have not asked you that you think I should have asked you that we want to share with the audience and, and just so they know better who Eddie or the message you want to send out to to our audience, anything of- you would like to share?
2: Yeah, the last thing I would say is surround yourself with the Eagles. you know? If you're going to fly high, you need to hang out with people who are flying high. You are the average of five people you most talk to. If you're talking to your mommy and daddy and brother and they're all very negative, you need to let them go. I'm not saying disown them, but don't talk to them as much because that's the bottom line. If it wasn't for my mastermind groups, if it wasn't for the people I'm surrounded by, I would I would be happy happy making hundred thousand a year. I'm like, oh, life is great because I wasn't I wasn't I didn't know what was like you know when you were an immigrant right you when you moved to this country you're like holy shit I just want to make a living I have a nice car I have a nice apartment right. and life is good but then you get exposed so having these people around you who are like no Eddie no better. no you can do better you can do more you can do more so I highly recommend having crazy fanatic, positive people around you right. who make you feel like, hey, you know what? I better level up. Because you know what? You will.
1: And you're one of those. So Eddie, thank you. Thank you. You're definitely one of those people. And I know you have definitely made an impact in so many so many people. I know I spoke to a few of our common friends and they'll have some beautiful positive things to say about you. So I know our audience are getting tons from just those few shares that you just did. So thank you for for being you thank you for leading the way for a lot of us and thank you for not forgetting that you know we were all there at one point and we all need people like you to motivate us and to keep us going and knowing that there is a possibility down the road that if you keep working and if you keep coaching if you keep being open-minded about things and you keep implementing and keep prospecting we can all have the opportunity to have the results and that's something that I share with my team all the time at the end of the day you know it's if it's gonna be, it's gonna be up to you because we can show you the way, but then you need to take action. So thank you for for being who you are, and thank you for for leading the way for many of us. Uh, thank you. Heart, thank you for the interview. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, I look forward to seeing you, you soon.
2: You're such a you know one thing I want to say you're 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 such a kind person. You when I talk to you when I meet with you. Uh, you are oozing so much positive energy. And that's what I'm talking about having people around you who are kind, down to you don't want cocky people around you. I don't care if you're a billionaire, but if you're cocky, no, I don't, you don't want that shit. You want people who are kind, who are willing to share. And that's what makes this life so beautiful because I have you in my life and people like oh, you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Level Up Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out, too. Until next time, we hope you level up.